recording for that. Yeah. Anyway. Did you buy any movies in the Criterion sale? I bought uh I bought Blue Velvet. I bought Princess Bride. Even though I have the laserdisc of Princess Bride, like I've saw I've seen that once. I, I love that movie. I was maybe it was like a hype thing and yeah. like not the right time or something, but I saw it and I was like it's fine. Did you see it as an adult? Um a, a younger, dumber adult, but yeah. Now, is your heart just cold? A little bit. Okay. Well, that could be it. I thought this movie was hilarious. Oh, no. <laughs> um, wow. That's some, That's really saying something. Oh, and then and then I, I... So I bought those two, and then I... This is funny in the title. I went back... Wow. So you take your cues yeah. from the title. It's like a laugh track. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. I have to know how to feel going in. Otherwise, I just totally, my robotic emotions don't compute the right response. Now, that makes sense yeah. to me. Yeah. Um, no, and then I went and I bought, even though I have both the non-Criterion LaserDisc and the Criterion DVD. I they were going to say LaserDisc <laughs> I bought, <clears throat> no, they don't, there wasn't a Criterion LaserDisc. Uh, mm. I bought the blue Criterion Blu-ray of Dazed and Confused. Oh, okay. Um, cause I fucking, li- nothing gets me more jazzed about filmmaking than watching that movie. Really? I love that movie so much. Is that the, the swimsuit pool scene? Is that that movie? No. What? That's Fast Times. That's, I've not seen. That is Fast Times. I've not seen Days and Confused then. Oh. <laughs> it's oh, like the longing have, to be in that you place. You have a treat. <laughs> yeah. You have a treat. I, it, it's, I mean, it's just American Graffiti. It's, it, it I've is, never seen that either, so. Oh, it's Mary Graffiti's really good. Is that George Lucas? Uh-huh. Doesn't count then. I don't I don't I don't want to see it. It's it, don't hold that nah, against him. I know. Don't I hold me and George Lucas against him. American Graffiti is really good. Okay. Well It's just it's like a one night in the life of movie. Oh, okay. Is it like one central character or does nope. it just keep bouncing around? It is an ensemble. <clears throat> an ensemble. I I should probably see Days and Confused before American Graffiti though. That's how I did it. Okay. And I was like, oh man, this is just like Days and Con- Oh. Oh no. I guess Days and Confused <laughs> is just like man. All right. Well, the yeah, in my head, I've completely merged it with Fast Times because I'm like Sean Penn's in Days and Confused, but that's mm-hmm. Fast Times again. That's correct. Okay. <laughs> Fast Times takes place over a whole year, and it's probably one of the clumsiest things about that movie is how long, like the timeline of that movie is bananas, and it gets like super serious for like yeah. a twenty minute stretch, and you're like yeah. Jesus, abortion and rape, and <laughs> goddamn, this movie's oh, it's fun again. Oh, uh, Spicoli's back, <laughs> Mr. Hand. <laughs> this is what people come to listen to, right? He was in Sean Penn was in Tree of Life, right? Yeah. What oh, a yeah. trajectory. <laughs> just A B those. Well he went he went he went from like having just being like a goofball to being like probably one of the biggest assholes to be on screen. And then he disappeared and then he came back and was like super serious actor. What was he an asshole about? Being an asshole, being just, an abusive husband and boyfriend, uh, and uh, telling press to fuck off, and and um, and being a just a sh- piece of shit on set, just a hard to work with. Cool. And um, and and I, I I don't know that that ever changed, but 
But you but know, now he's, he's serious he's too. He's a celebrated actor, <laughs> right? Hey, do the Spicoli. Hey, fucking do it. <laughs> Say, Mister Hat. I pay you. Welcome to an all new <laughs> Criterion. <laughs> I am Criterion, not Joey. I'm Criterion, not Chris. And this week we watched Funny Games by Michael Haneke. Is it Haneke? It's Haneke. Haneke yeah. from Austria, 1997, 109 minutes, spine number 975. This is a hilarious movie. I I don't I don't, I'm I might, it is a comedy. Based I don't know solely that I, on the title. I don't know that I would call it a comedy. <laughs> it, it is there are there is humor. It's very dark. Yeah, which is totally black, my speed. Jet black humor. Um, yeah, I, as I was watching this movie, I I was just thinking, Joey, I was brought up aboard this this spaceship where we talk about movies under the impression that we're often lampooning these films mm-hmm. where we're, we're talking about the films that maybe don't necessarily a hundred percent deserve the criterion treatment. Sure. And I, I, the whole time watching it, I was like, I don't know. What are we going to talk about? <laughs> this this movie is fucking good. It's pretty good. Oh, it's, no. it's really good. It's really upsetting. Don't watch it before you go to sleep. That's not a good idea. I did. And then weird things happened at night. And that was a weird evening. But <laughs> it was, I, I agree. Watching it, I was, this is not, it, it's both not as fucked up and disgusting as I was expecting. And also, um, very good. So it's really good. So they're like, I couldn't even key into like antichrist level, like disgusting stuff. Like there, mm-hmm. that's not in there. And it, it's amazing how unsettling it is considering th- the antagonists of this thing. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's let's go to the uh, the reviews and stuff. So Rotten Tomato score of sixty seven percent. What with only thirty three reviews. Now hold on a second. Are you looking at the Rotten Tomatoes of the 97 one? Yes. Okay. Well, the also, remake yeah. has a 51%. Not to be confused with the the 2007 remake from the same filmmaker. So, yeah. Different cast. Even though they cast... I think Michael Pitt plays the, as they call him, Fatty or Beavis. I don't, who's Michael Pitt? The movie. Michael Pitt. You'd recognize Michael Pitt. He was on... Boardwalk Empire. Yes, yes. He they, looks like like I thought he was the other one. He looks like Leo. Oh, is he? He's the like I would the say charming, like the leader the one or whatever. Yeah, I think so. Man, boy, was that guy good. Anyway, go ahead. Um, I yeah. was gonna say I wonder if if uh, the way the Rotten Tomatoes algorithm works. I wonder because it's so old. People that yeah. would like it go back and review it. Because, yeah, it only has a, uh, 33 reviews. The remake has 142, and it has a 51%. The remake is Michael Haneke's only not fresh movie. Interesting. Which is, I don't know why he would remake this movie. It was only 10 years. It, yeah. Like, in the, the poster on IMDb, it has, like, a little U.S. Oh. next to it. So I wonder if it was, like... People aren't watching it because it's subtitled or whatever. It was just trying to get more people to see it. But it's interesting because it's the same people. Naomi Watts is good. The Tim Roth is good. That's I, the I've husband. heard everybody's. I heard the 
but it's just like, why would you? It's like Wings of Desire. Well, it's probably not the same. Is that that other? Because Vin Vendors didn't make City of or City of Angels. Is that what that movie's called? Lost Children? The, no, the Nicolas Cage movie with Meg Ryan. Oh yeah, City with of that Goo Goo Dolls yeah, song yeah. in it. That is a that is an American version of the Vim Vendors film Wings of Desire, which is also a Criterion that oh. that uh, I would be hard to make fun of, but but <laughs> yeah, maybe it wouldn't. Good. It might be. Pretty, Let's just watch City. Might of be Angels. pretty pretentious. <laughs> yeah, and I don't want the world to see me. Oh, now that's going to be in my head the rest of the show. Um, anyway. At least I'm, it will replace the metal song that is in this movie. The, the music choice in this is so inspired in the way that they, like, smash to the title with it. Oh, man. It's so fucking good. It's great. It's, it reminded me of the, I, I suppose, less uh, prestigious film, uh, Cabin in the Woods. You seen that? I love Cabin in the Woods. How they smash to the title, like they just have this boring office conversation. It's like, bah! yeah, it just says full screen. Well, yeah, I mean, and also with that movie, it starts with that whole scene, and you're like, wait, what is this movie about? Yeah, I thought I it was about because because you can't market that movie you by can't, saying, and that's such otherwise a bummer. It fucks the movie up. Yeah, it's so good. But at least you know in the first scene that it's not what you expected. Yeah, but you you just paid your money, and I don't know how well that went over with most it's people. It's too late. Yeah, uh, IMDb score is seven point six with fifty six thousand nine hundred and thirteen, and the remake is six point five with eighty three thousand. So I wonder partly if the negative or like the lower score for the remake is more people saw it, and more mm. people had like probably what is mostly the intended reaction which is uh this makes me feel bad fuck this yeah, yeah. oh my god I, it's it's got to be super polarizing so i i wonder if that's why that movie's technically not as good that that makes a lot of sense so um here's what criterion has to say about funny games michael haneke's most notorious provocation funny game spares no detail in its depiction of agony of the bourgeois family held captive at their vacation home by a pair of white gloved young men in a series of escalating games, the sadistic duo subject their victims to unspeakable physical and psychological torture over the course of a night. A home evasion thriller in which the genre's threat of bloodshed is made stomach-churningly real, the film ratchets up shocks even as executioners interrupt the action to address the audience, drawing queasy attention to the way that cinema milks pleasure from pain and stokes our appetite for atrocity. With this controversial treatise on violence, and is that how you say that word? Treatise. 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 Did you say treatise? I did. I I dyslexic the the last letters. Mommy, may I have a treatise? <laughs> Tree, treatise. Hungry, mommy. On violence and entertainment, Haneke issues a summation of his cinematic philosophy, implicating his audience in a spectacle of unbearable cruelty. That sounds about right. Ooh. Yes. So I five I, stars. <laughs> five stars. Uh, I believe i saw the remake because i vaguely remembered beats from this um it just did not stick with me because i remember a couple moments i remember the egg moment i'm like fuck the egg man the egg man he's gonna drop the eggs Robotic. and then ask for more i remembered that so i have seen the the remake but um i think be- <laughs> this is gonna make me sound like a huge tool I saw the remake. It was not as important, you know, whatever you would call it, important for being a Criterion movie. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, this is stupid. 
like the things he's doing, like mm-hmm. the the fourth wall breaking stuff. I'm like, I should hate this. Ah, and then you see it on Criterion Collection and be like, this is okay. I thought it was kind of neat, but now it's okay. Oh, now it's well, and now and it's also, art. And, and then when you read it, <clears throat> yeah, when the first time he did that. Uh, which is it was pretty early. Yeah, he looked right and winked at the camera like, "Whoa, <laughs> whoa, what's going on?" Yeah. Uh, the way, what a what a fucking good filmmaker Haneke is. I've always, I've, people have been talking about his movies for a really long time, mm-hmm. and and just the night before I watched this, uh, I was talking to a friend who uh, had done a double feature. Uh, one of which was Haneke's latest film. Oh. And I was like, and I know the name. I know that that's a celebrated filmmaker. And he was running down the list of his movies. And was it occurred Cache to me. Or Cash? Is that his new movie? No, it's a, it's 2005. His newest movie is Happy End. That's what they watched. Oh, okay. Um, that was 2017. They watched that. Um, they... Uh, they 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 were talking about and I realized like I haven't seen any of his movies. I downloaded a long time ago because you couldn't buy it. Mm. I couldn't find it to buy. But really based, justifying this. Yeah. Really justifying I don't know if it's easier to find now. I never watched it, so it doesn't matter. But it was called Benny's Video. Never heard of it. Um he did this in ninety two, which was a while before funny games, but the description of it I, I thought was interesting. It says a 14 year old video enthusiast is so caught up in film fantasy. He can no longer relate to the real world to such an extent. He commits murder and records on camera confession to, um, for his parents. Whoa. And the whole thing was like, it spurred from him finding a video of like a pig being butchered or something. And it like, he had like this break where he couldn't separate the two. So I don't know. It's, it sounds funny games adjacent. <laughs> Sounds sounds like he's been working some things out, some internal. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's and, fucked up. Yeah, so I I never watched it. It is not on Criterion, so it probably means I never will. But anyway, <clears throat> we we're we're kind of dancing around this, and as Chris said, this movie is awesome. So it's gonna be tough to find. It's hard to of, make fun of. Yeah, there is some really. Um, I recommend it. <laughs> anyway, full we'll, stop. We'll, Good we'll night. See, see you next time. Yeah, there there are some really amazing. Um, bold, I guess is the right word, choices he makes that work so completely well that I I would just sit there watching this silent frame. Oh, my God. And it holds for such a long time. It feels like it's got to be close to 10 minutes. Yeah. It, like the, oh, We'll get there, but it's stuff like that you don't see in movies, and like you have to know exactly what you're going for because in any other instance, like, Every note is going to be like, "Why is this so long? Like, right. cut this down. Why yeah, is do this?" We have so any long? other coverage? Yeah, <laughs> can we cut into her face or anything? Or like, what? Yeah, like, how's she feeling? What's <laughs> what's going on with? Uh, can we get a close up of that? Well, anyway. Um. So the the setup and the the plot essentially for this movie is the, there isn't much of one. It's this family who goes on vacation to what I assume is their summer home kind of thing. Yeah. Their lake house. But it's a community and everyone seems to kind of know each other. It's a lake house community. Is it? Okay. So that's what I got out of it. They, they come up with their boat or their sailboat and it's a husband, a wife. uh, It's George or Georg, Georg. Georg. And I don't remember the mom's name. Anna. 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 Okay, on yeah. So they, they pull up, and you see one of their neighbor friends through the gate with these two men 
who having seen the other one i i like had an idea of what is going on but that's like a really great scene to see it's so good again is they're like why are they being so weird they're mm-hmm. just hanging out with these two dudes they're playing with golf clubs and they're taught they're kind of yelling through the gate hey we want to get our boat in the water can you come help us uh yeah big mistake yeah everyone's like really stilted and awkward and they was like oh that was kind of weird and they just go to the house and start setting everything up so the that's like your first sign that something is weird and it's as you watch the movie you realize that this movie has already taken place in the house next door oh yeah and now we're coming to the next one over and and what i think what makes this movie so amazing to me and I, I even bolded it so I remembered to bring it up, is nothing these dudes say for most of it, like, until it, it turns completely, nothing they say is, like, really threatening. Right. But they... Well, and they, and they keep saying, like, you did this. Like, you... <laughs> they keep turning it back on them. Yeah. And and they keep talking about it like, it's not a big... This is just a thing, and we you just can want, make choices. Just give We're us just the having eggs. fun, yeah. If you had just done it... <laughs> Well, and there's oh god, you guys! I hope you've all seen this movie. Uh, Don't I, listen to this podcast unless you've seen the movie. The but, original, you know, go too. ahead. And, as long as you've already downloaded it, yeah. yeah. The, original, the original. Yeah. No, first. no, we're talking about the the 1997's Funny Games. Funny it's Games. Criterion spine number. You already know the information. <laughs> um. So okay, man. I I just want to talk about everything all at once, and it's getting tough for me to. So they're setting up in the kitchen. And is this the shot you were talking about this long? No, I'm talking about the shot you're talking about. The silent fucking the aftermath right uh, after they like after they leave. And uh-huh. and she's just on her knees for yeah. what feels like the rest of your life. <laughs> okay. Holy so, shit. That fuck that shot goes on forever. And it's so good. It's so good. It's so good. Okay. So well, the, the, the Anna is getting ready in the kitchen. She's on the phone. And she hears a knock at the door, and then we are introduced to one of our white-gloved, preppy, um, soon-to-be home invaders, who they call Fatty. The other one calls Fatty. Or Beavis. Or Beavis. Um, Remember Beavis and Butthead? Was that, you think that's what that was in reference to? Yeah, they kept saying it. You say Butthead, too? Yeah, Beavis oh, and Butthead. Got it. So he, Very influenced by their... Uh, by the the media do you think that was it's almost part like of a, his commentary it's almost like it's a treatsy about uh <laughs> a treatsy that sounds like a delightful short like Mommy. bite-sized time treatise i've never said that word right Please, may I have a treatsy? i've never said that word right i've seen the word backwards forever Papa. <laughs> fatty's at the door he's asking Jeez. to borrow some eggs not fat also he's also not fat but fatty's at the door asking to borrow some eggs and he's just weird He's fucking weird, and, like, again, nothing he's saying is threatening, but, you like, because you're here seeing this movie, you kind of know roughly what it is. You're like, this is weird. A man dressed in a white shirt and white gloves, and he and he's, his physicality, he's getting a little too close to her. He's not, he's not uh, respecting, uh, like, almost immediately not respecting personal space. It... <laughs> Do you think that scene would have been as threatening if you just saw this scene if you didn't know what this is about and you just saw this scene in the kitchen no i think it would be awkward yeah it would because because the way it's like he, he's talking in a way that people don't talk 
like when she's like, "Do you want me to wrap him up, or you want?" And she he, and he says, whatever. "Whatever, whatever you would like," which is a very weird thing to say. Yeah, because everything they do, they're like putting it back on on the the family and making them make decisions. Yeah, even though they're not. I mean, what kind of decision is that that they that they have to make at every point? Yeah, it it, it was like it's the same thing that kind of happens later is because you know roughly what the movie is or where it's going, it colors everything that those guys do. But, like, there's that scene where uh, Paul, who is the other invader we will meet right. soon, he is off with um, Anna, and they're meeting some of the neighbors. Mm-hmm. And it is a fairly normal conversation. The boat and, neighbors? Yeah, the boat neighbors. And nothing Paul says is like inherently terrifying but it's terrifying it's menacing because he's like oh is that the house with the ivy whatever like he knows fucking everything oh yeah and he just sounds like a friendly dude but because you have all this other background info mm-hmm. on it it is like so terrifying but so like non um like not obvious not you know what I mean? The menace is so subtle in this movie. Yeah. And, and yeah. the unfolding of it. And then the things that the movie does uh, <clears throat> where it's it, like it does things that are more traditional, like th- movie, like un- less subtle things like like in the at the beginning when the knife falls back on the boat and you're like, oh, man, just got to get to that boat. <laughs> yeah. Can't they got to get to that boat with the knife. The knife is there. Chekhov's knife. Um and Chekhov's knife. Isn't it Chekhov? Not Chekhov. What's his name? I don't know. The guy with the gun? Was it Chekhov's gun? What? Whose gun is it? Who, where? Fucking. <laughs> Hang on. Yeah, it's Chekhov's gun. What's You're making that? me think I'm crazy. I don't know that term. It just Chekhov's gun is a concept that describes how every element of a story should contribute contribute to the whole. It comes from Anton Chekhov's famous book, Writing Advice. If you introduce a pistol on the wall, then in the following one, it should be fired. Got it. So Chekhov's gun is like you saw that shit. That's going to be important later. The, yeah, this is a free podcast. Like you're learning things, <laughs> I'm learning things. I'm learning words I've been yeah. saying wrong for 33 yeah. years. What a treatsy! <laughs> this podcast is such a treatsy. I God, I, <laughs> I was gonna cut that out, and now I fucking you can't because we can't. bring it up. Every no, it's two too good. It's uh. too funny. Um, it's adorable. It's, it's a endearing. different type of funny. It's a funny at my expense. It's this a, is a funny, funny game. game. Oh, callback. Yeah, is it the? Uh, uh, yeah, I, I that, that although that scene actually is the, the so they do something in that scene that they kind of do throughout, which and they do this in other movies. What scene are we talking about? The boat, the, the knife. boat, the okay, boat okay. friends. Not just the knife, but the when like, the scene we were talking about, which is when the boat friends came over and he was like, "Was your house the place with the?" Yeah, um, is if people just told the truth, we do, and the, I mean, it, the movie does this very intentionally. We do so much to avoid embarrassment or discomfort in a, in as human beings, mm-hmm. and so rather than go to their friends and take a like a tiny risk and say, "This man is holding us hostage," which they could have easily overwhelmed them. Yeah, they, they had the numbers. Yeah, 
they, there was like three or four people on that boat. They don't say anything. It's just like the movie Fatal Attraction. If if Michael Douglas had just fessed up to his wife immediately, I had an affair. I'm so sorry. Let's work this out. But because he lies about it, it turns into this twisted spiral of insanity that gets his whole family in danger. Spoiler alert. I've never seen it. It's pretty good. I always mix it up with Basic Instinct. Because I was about to go, is that Sharon Stone's vagina? No, 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 no. <laughs> no, Glenn Close. Glenn Close's vagina? I mean, it it, it it is the vagina with which his penis had a fair. Has a, had a fatal attraction to. Wow. Yeah, got it. So back in the kitchen with the eggs. Indeed. Fatty's asking to borrow eggs. And like Chris said, they uh, he's very noncommittal about everything. He's kind of letting... Anna sear the whole, the whole conversation and then she gives him the egg she's kind of getting over him and as soon as he exits frame he drops them of course because uh, you can't carry four fucking eggs yeah, all just the way to his another hands. house <laughs> anyway uh, he asks for two or asks for four more and he's just like uh, imperceptibly pushier about yep. it like you had that was a, uh, a dozen carton right right She's like, hey, yes. Yeah, but we're going to have visitors. They're going to want eggs. He's like, yeah, but come on. <laughs> yeah. Come on, give me the eggs. And he does uh, this really amazing thing while she, Anna's kind of getting like frustrated now. She's not like outwardly angry yet. He goes over and invades her personal space to watch her get the eggs together and just like elbows the phone into the sink, yep. which seems like a... It actually seems like an accident, which is why I was saying I wish I could have seen this scene, not knowing the context or anything. If it would have played menacingly, it was like, this guy fucking sucks. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, like he just it, is a clumsy dude. But every- I don't think you could. It, it all seems it seems like by the time he asked for another four eggs, you're like something you're up. like he's running some kind of play here. Yeah. He's fucking with her. Yeah. Um. So. Guys, this is a great movie. It's it. This scene too is like, I don't know, probably ten to twelve minutes of just like the camera sitting at the end of the kitchen, and you're watching this interaction with, with Fatty and Anna. She's like just <laughs> getting the kitchen ready. It sounds like that's my made up nickname for him. It does, but that's like what they call him. Like whatever. What did you call Joe D'Alessandro and Flesh? Oh, for Jersey Freddy. Dave. Jersey Dave. <laughs> yeah. Um. So. He does these things um, where he just decides, I I just want you to, like, observe this. Right. He doesn't, like, do crazy shots or weird angles or, like, anything cinematic. He makes it as, like, bland and realistic as possible. And I think that's what makes it worse later. Yeah, it's so stark and, and normal and natural. And these two dudes really don't change their demeanor at all, but... Anna and uh, Georg Sr. are so fucking good in this. It's unbelievable. Like, that lady? She's, well, do you know anything about her? No. Because I looked her up. Because she's just extraordinary. And she's she's apparently a very famous German actress. Oh. Who died Mm. in, they've never released her cause of death. She died in 2012. It's very sad. She was not old. She was 51 or something. And she died, I think it was, like, on the fifth anniversary of her husband's death. Her husband died of 
cancer or some kind of disease. Okay. And then she died mysteriously. You think it was just suicide that they never posted or something? Or I don't know. I mean, it, it, it could be. It could be that she was just, just overwhelmed with despair. That's crazy. Yeah, she's she was so good. She's incredible. As is he. I mean, also, I mean, you you forget he's not actually hurt. You know, that's just an actor acting. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's like you don't for a second doubt you're like, "Fuck, that guy can't stand up." Yeah, he's yeah. In, he's in trouble, which we'll get to very briefly because as Fatty's leaving with a sep- second batch of eggs, we we cut to the entryway where there's suddenly Paul, who is the other white-gloved invader man. And in the background's kind of been this runner of their dog, uh, whose name uh, was like Ralphie or something. It sounds right. I'm like, well, this dog's not going to live long. They clearly don't love him anyway because they named him Ralphie. (laughs) So, hey, dogs hate bad guys. We 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 yeah, discussed yeah. this uh, inherent before we started uh, podcasting. Dogs and babies see your yeah, true nature. They, yeah, they look at you, they cry, they scream, they bark at you. Yes, dogs hate bad guys. <laughs> um, I I just was like I haven't been looking at my notes at all, which is why I've been jumping around so much. I just look back at them and see a note that says, "Ew, this guy wears shoes with with no socks." That's gross. <laughs> yeah. You know the important. And we're gonna it. the rest of the podcast. We're gonna talk about this. Ugh, wear socks. Anyway, it's just it, it's important if you want to your socks, your shoes to last longer. Right. Otherwise, they're going to smell a lot earlier. Like, yeah, immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Wear socks, guys. You wear multiple shoes with no socks. Anyways, it's a free podcast. <clears throat> All this kind of advice. <laughs> Life advice. So, Paul, his sort of weird angle for this whole thing is they're both staring outside, listening to the dog bark nonstop. Paul's whole thing is golf clubs he sees the golf clubs and is he's sort of pushing it just like fatty did with the eggs but this is like oh can i just can i just take it out and try it real quick i'll try it in the front yard and she's like she like won't say no she won't tell him to leave because it's it's just weirdly not we it's not like a it doesn't seem like a big deal like it yeah. doesn't it doesn't har- harm her like this guy clearly just anything. has no social skills like yeah, he's just like, weird sure try it if if that's going to get you to go away yeah try it out you know the end he grabs a club and a ball and goes outside and then we go to the lake where um both Georg's Georg's Georgi are working <laughs> on the boat and you hear the dog just losing his shit in the background, and then suddenly he's not. No. Yeah. Just no. a little yelp, and it's it's over. I'm like, all right, the, well. The boy notices. Yeah, and the dad's like, all right, I'll, I'll go check that out and see what's, what's going on. So um, Paul comes back in the house with the golf club and is just talking about how great the golf club is. And Georg Sr. comes up, and it's at this point. Anna's really starting to sort. She's getting just pissed now. She's not like afraid of them. She's like these guys like won't leave, and yeah. I'm trying to give them the eggs, and she's like they won't take a hint. Like get the fuck out of here. Yeah, and both of them act like that second batch of eggs never existed, which is just like these two dudes are not trying to just 
hurt them physically. They're trying to like break them down mm-hmm. in every possible way. And it's with, it's like emotional death by a thousand cuts. Like it's mm-hmm. just tiny little mm-hmm. things that they are able to com- just destroy these people in every way possible. And it's horrifying to watch. It's not, it's violent, but it's not like an American violent movie. Right. But they just slowly take this family apart. So when this uh, interaction between the husband, the wife, and the two dudes gets so- somewhat heated, uh, <laughs> Georg slaps Paul, the the first or the second home invader, on the face. Right. To which he retaliates, he says, by hitting Georg in the knee with one of the golf clubs that he loves so much. And then I think when um, when Paul hits Georg with Georg is such an awkward name to say. I just Georg. want to say George. You can call him George. He hits George with the Calls golf club. Little kid Georgie. That's right. But I was like, oh, it's it's George. But then I heard them pronounce it in their language, and they mm-hmm. say Georg. I was like, oh, that's that's funny. But this isn't funny, right? It's now. a funny game. It's a funny game. And and this is kind of where the movie officially turns. Yeah. So, the the son comes home and now we have the the wife who's just like losing her mind because like at first the husband wouldn't trust her. Yeah, trust your wives, y- trust yeah. your partners. He's like believe women. Do whatever do whatever. I'm I'm over it. I'm leaving. Yeah. And he, the husband's trying to make sense of it and then he gets <laughs> knocked in the knee with a golf club. So um the rest of the movie this guy can't walk. In his defense the situation doesn't make sense. Yes. So it's understandable that he's trying to make sense of it. It's not going to, though. Because it, it's fucking insane what happens. <laughs> um, I, I, the, I, I don't ever want to go to a lake house after watching this movie. <laughs> or have you seen Us? Not yet. I feel like they have a, they're a part of a lake house thing, too. Interesting. Yeah. But it's, it's, what, it's like the, by the pier here or something. I really want to see it. I just bought it. I have not watched oh, wow. it again, but yeah, I just bought it. Um, so it is. <laughs> I don't remember if it's right here or not, but he, um, we just want the eggs. We just want the eggs. Um, he take uh, Paul takes a golf ball out of his pocket, and then is like, "She's like, why is this in my pocket?" And is just slowly revealing to them how was I able to try out the the golf club if I have the ball in my pocket can you explain it and this is like you clearly know exactly what happened the dog stopped mm-hmm. barking he has the golf ball still and it's like now is kind of when the family gets it that this like sure he could have retaliated and hit George with the golf club whatever she didn't see it but now he's clearly just saying he murdered their dog right which he totally did <laughs> absolutely Um. so they go outside. He lets Anna leave. To go find the dog. To go find the... She's like, where is he? He's like, we'll play a game or something. Yeah, why don't you go find him? We'll find him. See and if you can find him. They play hot and cold. Yeah. Which, one, that's weird. Yeah. And two, he's not telling her the right information. He's telling her she's colder, 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 and she's getting way closer to where the dog is. Mm-hmm. And so he's doing this, and Anna's walking towards their car, and then here's like the first moment where I'm like, this movie's great. Yeah. <laughs> this is like where I decided yeah. this movie's great is Paul, while he's saying colder, 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 as Anna gets towards the front of the car, Paul turns to the camera and just gives a 
like a cheeky little wink, just like a like this is what you're here for. Right. We're in. A, we're in on this together. Yeah. Like we're gonna make this good. And then Anna, he turns back around. Anna opens the front seat of the car, and the dog's body just spills out. Like, well, there's the dead dog, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, now I need to find where we are in my notes because I it, it honestly all kind of blends together from here because it's just them fucking with these people in ways. Well, that, at that point, the boat friends came by. That's when the boat friends come. Yeah, after the wink at the camera, and uh, that's when I said if she had just been honest with her friends, this would all be over. Like you could, <laughs> you could have just stormed the house with the other friends. And I feel like maybe the remake. Uh, I have this vague memory of this moment from the the remake. This is like sort of they they sit the family down and then they sit across from on the couch and they sort of ask for, you know, what's going to be dozens of times. Why are you doing this? And Fatty tells this whole story. About. What was it? I don't even remember, like, because I just like knew he's like, he's just fucking with him. Like, I didn't even write it down. It was was this like his family or was there something about his dad? I I feel like they told some story. He said first he says Fatty is an addict. Oh, right. And then he tells a dramatic story about his family and cries to explain, like, why he's doing this. Like, I, right. I don't even remember any of the points because, like, it didn't matter. No. But you're like, you're like, I don't even know if I believe it. Right. Or if I should believe it. I feel like in the remake, they, it was like, oh, I did this because this is a bad example and not what it was. But, like, oh, I did this because my dog died. And then later the mom would be like. Don't let it happen like with what your dog and he'd be like, I don't have a dog. <laughs> like, I feel like that moment was from this. Like he, he straight up admits like, he just, I mean, like, it might all be from this. You might say it's a remake. It, it is, but I don't remember them calling out his story. Got it. It from this version. But unless I just made that up, in which case dibs, I, that's You're good. killing it. Yeah. That's good stuff. Yeah. Right. Um, so they sit, they're all sitting down having this sort of conversation on the couch, and this is where they make their bet. Um, you bet that you all will be alive by 9 a.m. We bet you will not. Um, and then he, uh, Paul, again, asks the camera who we're betting on. Yeah, you're on their side, aren't you? You're rooting for them, aren't you? And then he just turns back in the car. No one acknowledges him. or does like. I don't know if I love this so much because I just saw Fleabag. But this is like, <laughs> this is like, I love this shit, and it rarely works this well. Right, like Fleabag, I think is amazing, and this is amazing, and Ferris Bueller, and that's it. That's it. Don't do it anymore after yeah. that. Booty ball ball. Um, oh yeah. So now, like this sort of middle section of here, some would call it Act Two, uh, is basically them just fucking with these people. Yep. So they play a game. They grab. Georg and put the pillowcase kitten on in the bag kitten in the bag yes so I had a football coach in high school I played football for a couple of years before I injured my back beyond mm. uh being able to play sports someone some should say you shouldn't play football no, not you, you. No, none, no one none yeah dangerous sport mm-hmm. uh, um fun to watch warriors whatever MAGA no <laughs> did I go too far with that <laughs> yeah. so uh and he told a story about being a kid and rounding up a bunch of kittens and putting them in the bag and taking them out to the river and beating the bag until all the cats were dead. 
And this was supposed to be like an inspirational, like, so let's just get out there and let's fucking. And it was like, you're a, you are a a psychopath. You're (laughs) a fucking psychopath. Why do you do it? That's all I think of when they said kitten in the bag. Mm. Is that like a. a He was crazy. That's why. Oh, okay. Got it. He was unhinged. Was he actually? Yes. Okay, good. Yes. He was nuts. Okay. And he was only the coach for like a year or two. And before he got arrested. I who knows what happened to that guy. Ugh. Um, so kitten in a bag is where they it's the the sort of big image that you see for this movie, which is just somebody's head in a pillowcase with the pillowcase pulled tight on it, which is the cover of the Criterion movie, and that that is uh, Georg Junior, who they put the pillowcase on his head so that they could make the mom strip, so that they could see whether or not she was fat because they were having a debate about it. And she does it because they're being oh, threatened. Forgot. Well, I forgot the main reason she does it, which she wouldn't do it. And they tell the husband, tell her to do this. Oh, God, that's right. That's like the big thing. And I totally forgot about yep. that moment. And it, it was, oh, I wrote so they down. So frame they frame every, every torture thing like it's their choice. He tells her, he's like, tell her, say, take your clothes off, sweetheart. And then he goes, take your clothes off. He's like, no. Mm-hmm. Take your clothes off, sweetheart. Mm-hmm. And then he, and Georg doesn't say anything. And then he says it. And then she starts slowly taking everything off. But we don't watch her. I love the way that they shot that. Yeah, they show everyone else. They show the two invaders stare, like watching. They show the husband just kind of staring at the ground. They, they show sh- the boy in the fucking in the pillowcase bag, and they show on his face. Yes, there it's nothing explicit, or yep. there's no nudity for yep. that moment. And he's like, "Okay, see, no, no flab, looking good, looking Go good. Put your clothes back. Put on. your clothes back on. Yeah." And it's it's like not at all where you think that that's going to go, and it's mm-hmm. just another like twist in all of that, mm-hmm. just to mess with them. Have you ever seen the movie Compliance? Mm-mm. You should see that movie. Who's in it? Uh, Who's in it? What's it about? Let's talk about that. No. Okay. Just see it. It's kind of it's inspired by the true story of a of a McDonald's employee named Louise Ogborn, who was f- held in the back of a McDonald's in the manager's office and forced to strip and do. It's fucked up. It's a fucked. I've up. seen this poster. I recognize this movie, but. It's not the exact story, but it was. It's you should see it. It's true story, is it? It is inspired by a true story. Yeesh. All the almost all the beats are things that really happened. Wow! They basically somebody called on the phone and was sort of funny gamesing, like basically like I'm a I'm a detective. I need you to like check this. I need you to investigate. I need you to. It, it's it's fucked up. It really happened. Whoa. If you look up Louise Ogborn McDonald's. It's a it's an insane story. All right, I will look that up. Sounds funny, games. It's not funny. It is a it's a pretty good movie though. Um, where what happens after after that moment? Because so the, it's oh, like, the kid escapes. That's the when, kid runs away. Okay. Uh, and then the and then the kid runs over to he finds himself in the neighbor's house. Realizes as we already know that all of them are dead already. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, this game has already come to a conclusion over there. Also, when did these guys sleep? It's the the meth. They don't need to. They think of meth? 
Or ain't they're angels? They're all white. Oh, they're angels. They're probably angels. That makes a lot of sense. The angels of death. This, uh, you know, everything aside, this is the one sequence of the movie I kind of had an issue with, and I I don't know why I keyed in on it so much because this kid for most of the movie is really good, mm. like as an actor, but he did a lot of really stereotypical stuff. Like he runs up to the house and gets to the door and stops and turns. And like watches Paul come around the corner and then opens it. It's just like paced weird as in like, I need to make sure I'm still being chased like every step along the way. And then he continues doing his hiding or his running and stuff. I think that's valid. I mean, he's a little kid, so I know, you know he but... doesn't know what's going on. He's never had to run away from psychopathic maniacs. So you bought it. You didn't feel like it was like weirdly slow. Not really, because they, they, they also kept intercutting with the guy coming towards him. Well, and or they, the other other they would go back to the house too, right. which is just Fatty and and the parents because mm-hmm. Paul went and, and is trying to find him, the charming one, the charming one. Then and this is kind of, if I would say, this is the part where it's kind of more stereotypical like slasher, like the lights start cutting out. He finds a dead body. He there's a a gun laying in the hallway all of a sudden mm-hmm. that. Georg picks up and eventually runs back into Paul mm-hmm. and he's like you're gonna you're gonna yeah, shoot me yeah you got, well you gotta cock it first and so he does and he's like walking towards him he's like you're gonna have to shoot me now mm-hmm. and Georg pulls the trigger no bullets no bullets but he would have done it yep so good on him I guess yeah and then he's go back to the house yeah but <laughs> but I think what we know is Paul wouldn't have walked towards it if he didn't he wasn't aware there were no bullets in that thing. Well, he they clearly, have the bullets. He clearly put it there to like lure him out and make him feel confident in like showing himself again or exactly. something. Um, uh, okay, he would have totally shot him. They get back to the house and uh, Paul gives Fatty a shotgun shell, and they just start any mini mighty mowing, whatever they call it to decide who is mm-hmm. going to get shot. And, you know, th- no matter what they say, they're not really paying attention. These dudes demeanor and like never really changes. And then I forget how it's revealed because I think we follow Paul to the kitchen. Is that, it, that sounds right. Whatever. Or is it Paul and Anna? I, I don't remember, but whatever happens, it happens off, off camera, off screen. We, we go to the kitchen with Paul because he's hungry. Because that was kind of a runner with these two dudes. Like, I'm I'm hungry. I'm going to go get something to eat. And they go to the kitchen. Oh, he's sleepy, too. Jesus, yeah. where are these guys sleeping? Does does anybody need anything? Right. No? Okay. And you hear Fatty counting. Right. And then there, there is this TV on. Oh, yeah. That is just playing this race track. Like a race. And <sighs> it's you you don't realize how, like, oppressive it is. Until it's gone. But there's it's for like 15, 20 minutes of just this racetrack. Mm-hmm. And you hear some muffled sounds while we're watching Paul make food in the kitchen. And you just hear like a bang, some screams. And we cut back out to the living room with just a view on the TV covered in blood. Right. Watching this racetrack, and That's you're just right. hearing stuff off camera. Right, he's so good at deciding what he doesn't want you to see. It's really incredible. Yeah, um, 
Paul comes back out. We finally go to this wide shot, which is the shot that we've been talking That's about what all I was episode. Talking about. So we we cut wide. We see that the kid is dead on the ground. There's a blood splattered on the wall. There's blood splattered on the TV. The Anna is like just staring at the ground in shock, and the husband is by behind the couch. We can't really see he's him. Kind of on the ground because he. You're one. When I at first I thought oh, he's dead too. I did too. Yeah. yeah. I like he's laying on the ground behind a couch. Like there's a couch between our view and him, and you just see the blood on the wall, and you can see the kid's body clearly that he's yeah, been oh, yeah. shot. Well, um, and before we cut to that. When we're just on the TV, the 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 invaders, the funny gamesmen, mm. uh, if you will, they're like, "You fucking idiot!" Like Paul's like, "That now now we're not going to get anything out of the other two. Like that's not I, how you do it." And so they leave. They just leave. Yeah, off camera. Yeah, door I closed. Totally they forgot take the about car. That. They drive that's away. Right. I I was like, I was, I I think it was the intended effect. I was like, fuck, I was, like just in the moment. And I did not comprehend like what they were talking about at all, which is exactly like what the characters in the story are going through at that point, which was kind of amazing. And I meant to go back and like, wait, what did they say? Cause I wasn't processing it at all. Yeah. Um, but then we cut wide and we see the carnage. We see Anna in the chair. We see the dad's legs behind the couch. Like what's up with him? You can't, we can't see him, but we just hang in this shot for so long. Anna doesn't move. It's just the racetrack, the body of the kid. You have all the time in the world to take in every single detail of this, and Anna's not moving. She's just in shock. Yeah, just sitting there staring at the ground, and when she finally like comes to enough to do something, she, she gets up. She's still taped together and tied up, hops over to the TV and just turns the TV off. And, and I was like, that's amazing because yeah like what else what else would you do you gotta make the noise stop (laughs) yeah and it turns off and you didn't realize like how much it's just been beating you in Uh the head for 20 minutes now Mm -hmm. and now you're still staring at this same static shot and she gets up she's like they're gone and he's like is she talking to herself or is she and then you realize at that point the husband's still alive right I'm going to go get a knife. Well, she says she starts trying to work her way out of her tape. Yeah. And it's still this shot and it kind of shifts over. She walks out. The dad kind of like struggles to sit up. She comes back in freed. Mm-hmm. And then they like, she like checks on him and he just like loses it. Yeah. <clears throat> and it's, it's a type of crying. I don't think I've ever heard in a movie before. It's like a primal, yeah. like a guttural, yeah. just like uncontrollable. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, just like pure pain. Yeah. And they just sit there still in that same shot. Wide shot. It's so good. And then she fucking lifts him up. Oh man. That was painful. <laughs> painful to watch. And he's like his, he's like bleeding through his knee. Yeah. And, and he's in this, this like, you know, uh, makeshift splint. They did something else to him too, and I think I, I glossed over that because I feel like his arm was also fucked up. They or kept, something. yeah, they they kept torturing him. They did mostly something. off camera. Yeah, and she's trying to escape with him, right? And he, she can't. And she wants. Well, she lifts him up, and then she breaks down for a second and starts crying. This is all in the same shot. <laughs> yeah, 
I, I wonder how many times they did it. For one, that well, has to be exhausting. Oh my god! To be in that headspace for that long—it's insane. Has to be rough. It's insane. But in my head, I'm like, they had to do this a ton because it's so like everything about it is so good. It's like, perfect. And and I was that like we're editors. Like a lot of times, you you'd think like, oh, what an easy day for the editor. Be, you know, it's it's just a oneer mm-hmm. as they call it. You know, you just, it's all just in one. You don't have to cut anything, but it's, it sometimes is one of the harder things you have to do because as long as there's more than one take where everything goes according to plan, yeah, it's so hard to pick like what, which one has all the beats in the exact way that you want them and which one favors this over that. And it can be a really deceptively difficult yeah. task for the editor. And it's such a long thing, too. Oh, God, like, it's it endless. And this is, I mean, this is 1997, so they probably shot it in 96, maybe even 95, who knows? So it's... Like film, it's film film. Yeah. And a film load lasted 10 minutes. That's the the... Unless you had some crazy housing, like the ones that they built for the movie Snake Eyes... <laughs> Where you could have like a Criterion? twenty minute load, definitely not. Um, De Palma still got it. <laughs> uh, unless you had that, uh, you 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 had ten minutes. So is, are we saying then that that shot had to only be ten minutes? Yeah, it felt way longer. It felt. I mean, it felt like an eternity. I'd like to know. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, we could certainly figure it out. I'm sure, but okay, I looked it up. It's eleven minutes long. Really? Mm-hmm. How's that possible? It feels so long. <laughs> like that's including seeing her. She leaves, comes back in, grabs a husband, tries to leave. That's all. Eleven minutes. So that's well. Then I stand corrected about the length of a film mag. Guess we'll but never know. It it feels like an eternity. I am not to be corrected <laughs> on this podcast. Um. So the guys are gone and. On a it, like the rest of this movie plays out, it, it it's like more happens in this last fifteen minutes than happens in most of the movie. Anna drops the husband in the kitchen, who's like, "You can't take me. I'm just gonna try to get the phone to work." She runs out of the house and is running down the road and is trying to decide. Well, like, even before that, the phone starts. He's like, "Get out of here, go!" And the whole time, the shots are framed in such a way where you're like, "This guy's just gonna walk back in." I, oh, that's yeah, how I yeah. felt. Like, because they the always whole, have like in the background, like the, uh-huh. a doorway or something. Yes, yeah. and 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 they and they're like, oh shit, the phone. And so then they spend all this time trying to get the phone to work again. And you're like, just get the fuck out of the house, get out of the house. But then they then they get the hair dryer, and it's making all this noise. And you're like, oh god, the guys are definitely back in the house. Holy shit, holy shit. And then, but they're not. And then, yeah. and then they escape. On, on the she does. escapes rather. Yeah. yeah, George stays in the kitchen with his broken leg and just like keeps trying to dry the phone out, getting it to work. Um, and she's she's running down the road trying t- to decide kind of what to do. A car starts driving down the road and she hides from this one. And then before I, she can tell who's in it, before she could tell who's in it, and then tries to chase after it. And then is it because she did that the first time that she doesn't hide from the second car? Yeah. She's like, fuck, I, I, I gotta, I, I, I don't that know what chances I'm going to have at this. Yeah. And 
I don't, I'm, I'm kind of not remembering what happened at that exact moment. They just cut away from her, like looking at the next car coming up. Yeah. So and you're like, see how that you cut back to the husband who does get somebody on the phone, but the guy can't really hear him. Mm-hmm. And it's like, please call the police. But then he calls him back and you, you can tell that the, whoever's on the other end can't really hear. Right. And the, the phone's only partially working at this right. point. Um, uh, but we, we've left Anna deciding what to do about this car. And then I forget how this, this whole back scene starts. Well, he's, he's like, he's basically saying you get to decide who dies first. To Anna? Yeah. Well, no, like there, there's the reveal of them coming back first, right. which is, is the dad in the kitchen still? And then you see the golf ball. When do you see the golf ball? He, that's no, the dad is in the living room somehow. Yeah, he had gotten know. into the living room, he had limped his way out there. Okay. Yes, oh, oh, because he hears something and so he goes to investigate. Thinks and it's he's her. like, Anna, Anna, yeah. and then yeah, and there's just this empty frame, and then the fucking golf ball rolls it's, into the doorway. It's so effective. You're just like, Ugh. like, you just everything drops, you just like feel it. You're like. It's like worse because they gave them that beat of like it's over, and then the golf ball just it's it rolls and stops in the middle of the door frame somehow. It's so good. <laughs> Wonder how many times they had to do that. Just and then our our home invaders, along with a bound and gagged Anna, come walking back in, and they're essentially telling Anna now that she gets to decide how they're going to kill George. Was it going to be the knife? Which they're they're playing two games. One is they will play either the loving wife, right, or will play knife a gun dying is fun. Yeah, and she gets to decide how they're going to kill George. And it's like, just so you know, here's what the knife does. And off screen, they do something to George, and then she's just sitting there like half catatonic again because you know she's been through it a little bit. It's been quite an evening for yeah. these folks. And <laughs> this is where like. This moment makes this movie a comedy is because they set the shotgun down on the table. Oh, right. And comedy? I, I don't know. Like it, it, this movie I feel like would probably be better without this, but it's so weird and not expected. And okay, without talking around it, I'll say what happens is like most If you're if this is if you're okay with being spoiled up to this point, you can be spoiled on the whole movie. Yeah. Um, We're going to tell you the whole movie, except <laughs> for this one scene. <laughs> yeah. Um, like many scenes in movies like this, the, the heroine sort of like makes a, a bold choice and she grabs the shotgun off the table and lifts it up and fires it into Fatty she and kills just like him. fucking destroys him against the wall. And Paul stands up. It's the first time we've ever seen him panicking a little bit. Yeah, he is like... This is not part of the plan. Yeah. He just starts screaming, where's the remote? Like, what? He's like not even paying attention to Anna or George or anything. I was like, is he going to turn the TV back on? Like, he he just needs the TV to be on? Because he grabs the shotgun back from her. Right. I I thought, too, it was just like a... He needs to get back in his headspace right, type of thing. Right. I was like, I need that sound back. But exactly. what he does instead is picks up the remote and rewinds the movie to before Fatty got shot. Yep. 
and stops Anna from getting the shotgun. Because he knows it's going to happen. Because he knows he it's going to happen. So very unexpected. Yeah, and it's it's playing back into that whole thing of like, right, audience? This this is not what you. Well, even before that, he was like, she was like, why don't you just stop doing? Stop, you know, we've had enough. Somebody says enough. We've had enough, and he turns to the audience and is like. Oh, have right. you had enough? Like, we're not even feature length yet. We're not even up to feature <laughs> film length yet. Is that enough? You want a real ending with plausible plot development, right? Yeah. And he's like looking at us, and I'm like, yes. Yeah. I do. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man, he got you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fucking got she me. Got I am you. a piece of shit. God. Oh, no. Um, so, yeah, then it's the knife or rifle uh, and all that stuff. So, they, it, the rest of like the family. The family's death is like inconsequential at this point. They shoot George. They, I don't even remember what they're talking about, but they, they take Anna and they're just talking between the two of them out to a sailboat. She's like bound and gagged and her hands are tied. Well, and as a, as a viewer of movies, you're like, here we, Here go. we go. The fucking knife is on the boat the whole time. I've been like, why does she just get on the boat? The knife's on the boat. And then we see the knife. And and they're they're setting sail and and we see that she's kind of surreptitiously she found the knife yeah the, yep. trying to get her unbound and then the guy Paul is like hey look what she's doing yeah, I'm like and oh lady you ruined it takes the knife just throws it overboard and and at that point I wrote down in my notes God damn it he got me again yeah <laughs> he fucking got me he did he's like. He knows exactly what needs to happen beat for beat yep. and is just like, fuck you. And why also, why didn't we see it coming when he just circumvented your expectations by rewinding the movie? <laughs> You're still like, oh, no, she's going to get yeah, out of this. She's going to fucking somehow there's going to be some hope to this movie, right? No, no, there's no hope. Ciao, Bella. Ciao, Bella. Just push was, her overboard. That was crazy. They don't even like really stop their conversation. No, it's so such a non thing. They push her overboard into the lake, yeah. tied up, continue their conversation, and sail off to about like interdimensional, like quantum physics. Basically. Is that what it was? Yeah, they're talking about they're talking about how there can be multiple realities, and in one the hero is somebody's the hero, and in the other they're not the hero. Oh. It's kind of a meta conversation about mm. like what we're going through. And then they sail up to a new house and Paul knocks on the door and asks if he can borrow some eggs. And it's the boat people. It's the boat Is friends it? from okay. the day before. Yeah, because he's like, don't you remember you met when you came and visited right. Anna and Georg? And They need to borrow some eggs. Yeah, and so he's the egg man at that point. He's the egg man now, dog. <laughs> <laughs> God, what a... And then he fucking turns to the camera and they fucking play that music again. Full up End on his movie. face. And just... Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, man. It sounds like I'm making fun of the music. That's literally what that no, music sounds exactly like. Sounds yeah, like. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's so perfect because it's over this preppy, smiling dude. Oh, man. What a good movie. This is probably the, the most I've liked anything we've watched for this show it's really good it's really good it, and it, it it's it is it is uh it's it's disturbing it's it can be hard to watch at times but it it's not gratuitous no and it's so the craft is so well done yeah uh, i i really want to watch the the remake five out of five 
I, I yeah, I kind of do too now. I want to. I want to. Although I've seen that a lot of people, it's on a lot of like worst movie lists. Really? Because I probably be, it's probably people who love this movie and are Had like to seek it out. Why would you remake this movie? What I did read is the reason Haneke remade it. I read this while I was while I was off on my bathroom break. Oh, okay. Is while I was trying to find information about that shot. Oh, and yeah. uh, Haneke said he remade it because he felt that the the movie, as the original movie, as written, is geared. It's really geared towards an American audience because this is what American movies. Oh, it, it's I it's it is it is making commentary about American movies and culture and and so. I wonder how that played there then, in Austria, like if they the original or yeah. I mean, I, I'll bet that it's a much more universal problem than he thinks. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I want to see it too. I, I'm very interested in, in knowing what the differences are. It, it says he shot it in the same house. Really? Yeah. It's like that Psycho remake where they did it like <sighs> shot for shot. Why is that? I Have don't understand. What, I, Anne Hage's <laughs> butthole? Is that what we're talking about? No. Anne Hage's butthole. I mean, we could talk about that on, too. On Kevin and Bean, they just talk about that. Like, they don't cut away when she falls over in the shower, and it's like you see Anne Hage's butthole. <laughs> like, that's all they bring up about wow. the Psycho remake. <laughs> they really like some some people. They grow out of adolescence, and then other people they become radio morning yeah. show DJs. <laughs> or do podcasts. Because I went and watched it, and I was like, "Yeah, you totally can." <laughs> hey, look, you know what? The human body is a beautiful vessel. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of nerves down there. <laughs> All we're saying is... Uh, In Psycho Remake, you see NH's butthole. It's, it's real bad, that movie. Is it? Yeah. I, I don't know if I've seen all of the originals start to finish. Oh, the original's great until the very end. Oh, the, the reveal? No, the reveal's great. No, it's the, it's the eight to ten minute scene after the climax of the movie where there, there's like a doctor who's explaining what happened. He's explaining like how this could have happened to uh, somebody, like what happened in his mind and why he did it. So studio note. Or it's just a different time. Oh. Like there was a time when people were probably like, well, I don't understand. How could somebody be crazy? Yeah. And I they're suppose. like, here's why. We but- didn't have serial killers like we have until the 20th century really till movies i mean it predates movies a bit but yeah that's what kyle canane had that joke about being in 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 london oh and taking the jack the ripper tour (laughs) and and having them be like all told jack the ripper murdered five (laughs) people he's like five you got me going over cobblestones for fucking five there's somebody in America who's killing five people right now. <laughs> God, that's such an awesome dark joke. Yeah. Uh, anyway, USA. USA, USA. Um, anyway. Make America murder again. Mama. Uh, Treatsy. Five star. Five star for funny games. Yeah, six stars. Oh, fucking love it. Uh, three reasons why funny games have been included in the Criterion Collection. Number one, these are my reasons, by the way. I could not find them from Criterion. These are my reasons, my reasons alone. Number one, we just want the eggs. <laughs> and I was like, that right there shows, like, 
movies like this rarely break people down so completely. Yes. And that is just like such a small thing, but in that exact instant, you're it's so frustrating. Like you just feel and like it's, you're. <laughs> it's perfectly executed. Yeah, it's... perfectly executed. Um, the next one is the cheeky wink, which is fucking good. And the last one is reminding me that I'm a piece of shit, even though movies are the brief moments in time where I forget myself and get lost in new stories and places. So now that's a real personal one, Joey. And I, I think that I think that the more we do this, the more I come to understand who you are. Yeah, it's real, and it and it it's real really starting to trouble me. It's really it's becoming <laughs> the, the more illumination is shown on you, the more I'm afraid. Oh no, are you gonna leave? Goodbye. That's what everybody does. Oh, they never <laughs> leave. They always leave, but they always come back. So I have not proofread my my new synopsis. Okay. But this it ties into what we just said. So let's let's go into the synopsis for why I think Funny Games was included in the Criterion Collection. Funny Games, a movie so nice he made it twice, is Michael Haneke's reminder to us all that we're horrible pieces of shit that find entertainment value in the suffering of others. Which reminds me, I saw a video of a family get into a physical fight at Disneyland. It's three minutes watching men and women literally punch each other in Toontown at Disneyland. I watched the entire thing. I couldn't look away despite the fact that I spent I can't spend more than two minutes watching actual news reports because I can't be bothered. It was crazy. I really hope they all ended up in jail and their kids are taken away from them and they are publicly drawn and quartered. But anyway, <laughs> funny games. The message may not hit as hard today in a world where the leader of the free world, I'm sorry, may not hit as hard today in a world where the leader of the free world continually wages war on Twitter, which if you're not familiar is a social media platform for people who complain about, spread hate, and take down opponents in a public forum while occasionally causing the more fragile victims to kill themselves again in public. Trial of angry, screaming, invisible, pitchfork-carrying cowards. Anyway, Funny Games is a great reminder to find the beautiful combination of not just physical torture, not just emotional torture, but the magical mixture of both in tandem, and if done correctly, you can correct mistakes with a magical remote and fourth-wall-breaking glances at no one in particular. In short, Funny Games is much better than the remake Click starring Adam Sandler made later (laughs) that it seems to be... Forget about the social commentary altogether. Five stars. <laughs> that was a very unexpected turn there. <laughs> That's great. Anyway, I you know what I I think it, it, it what you said is very interesting about about the times, and I would I would argue, and I bet you would too, that it's it, it's actually even more salient. Oh, totally. Because yeah. the like, can you imagine? Those are people who they're making a commentary about the violent, the culture of violence and, and disconnection mm-hmm. in the nineties. But can you imagine with, now that's what? with fake stuff? Right. And now it's with everybody shit online all the time. Yeah. Real people. Yeah. And you're just like suicide just... threats and yeah. And doxing. And I'm going to come to your house. I'm going to shit in your mouth. Yep. Everybody should watch funny games. <laughs> it's great. Yep. Um, I want to, I, did we already pick a new movie? Because I had one I wanted to, based on something you said. I mean, I've I've, I've got one I want to do. But okay, what, what, what did it? you want to do? I wanted to do that one you said was this massive disaster because I read about it after you brought it up. Days of Heaven is that the one that is like a western or something? Michael Cimino, Days of Heaven. Yeah. No. Oh no 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 no. Oh, Heaven's Gate. 
Heaven's Gate. Heaven's Gate. Yes. Yeah, Heaven's Gate. Michael Cimino. It was a movie that he uh, that. <laughs> we can have a special segment because we work with someone who worked on that movie. What? Yes, we do. What? Yes, we do. Interesting. Do I work with him right now? You do. Very closely? Very. Interesting. Um, and uh, <laughs> I want, I've never seen it. I, it, it it's, it's one of those classic stories of, of Hollywood excess. And it was kind of the end of the 70s, even though I think the movie came out in the early 80s I'll look it up. but it was uh, it, what's it they calling days of heaven heaven's gate. heaven's gate heaven's gate it was michael cimino he made the deer hunter and the movie was so celebrated and is a great movie but he it was so celebrated that uh and it was this time when the filmmaker this the the the, the auteur yeah it, it was it was this heyday and it was only starting to change um, by the by, the beginning of the eighties, nineteen eighty was when it came out, and it was as a result, excuse me, of of the like the blockbuster thing that happened, which sort of came out of these filmmakers being allowed to do whatever they wanted, and then we got we got Jaws, and then we got Star Wars, um, but we also from this got The Godfather and and. Um, the exorcist and you know a lot of these people you know these these luna these crazy directors these all all men by the way <laughs> all men um white men i'm pretty sure so uh these fucking maniacs and they uh after the deer hunter they were like you could do whatever you want clearly we need to let these people just find their yeah, art carte yeah carte blanche and so he made this movie that went like farther over budget than any movie ever, like since Cleopatra or something. There was a quote that said, "By day six, they were five days behind." <laughs> <laughs> and and it just it just kept going and going and going, and then post production just kept going and going and going. And I guess the the director was getting increasingly paranoid that people, you know, he's like because they were making other westerns, and he thought people were stealing his ideas, and that he wanted he didn't want the you know people to uh, uh, steal the, like the look of his cowboys and all this stuff. Yeah, so wow. it, it was crazy, and he just like kept working and working and working, and the movie is supposed to be just like bloated. And way over long, and and just just this sort of masturbatory epic. <laughs> and I immediately regret wanting to watch this when I saw the runtime. It's like three plus, right? Three forty. Three forty. Three three hours forty minutes. Holy shit! Yeah, that's so long. It's so long. Oh god. Should well, we still watch? <laughs> I, mean, I guess we've committed to this. Okay. Maybe it'll be a two-parter at that point, Three, depending on what we have 40, to say. Fuck. Watch it on double speed. That's still almost two hours. <laughs> God. <laughs> you just were talking about it. I was like, I've never heard of this. If for something that so does, and I read like the entire Wikipedia page. It was fascinating. Yeah, it's it's kind of amazing. Yes, um, Skip was. I want to say he was like an assistant sound editor or a Whoa. sound. Yeah, he he worked on it. It's one of his first credits. Holy shit! Yeah, he talked a little bit about it at lunch. We could we could do like a little five minute interview. With oh him yeah, that'd be cool. In. Yeah, just do it at work. I had no idea, or, or either that, or you were talking about. It. I just didn't know what it like what the context was. 
because um, I remember hearing him talk about he used to do sound effects stuff. <clears throat> I wonder if he saw any like the the big shit or like the- he did. No, he in fact he's the one who was talking about how paranoid Shimino was about them like the security leaks because oh. there was some other western and they had like long black jackets or something like, that was my idea it's like well, actually that's probably a cowboy idea <laughs> from the past wow all right well if you're if you're up for it heaven's gate is up next with a breezy three hours and 40 minutes jesus um, why do we do this to ourselves you have children i mean sometimes it works out like funny games funny games is great i i love the lure too lure is also good i like funny games more than lure but i think we're we're two for 45 ish i think yeah at this point 45 ish finkel and you're welcome by the way you're welcome i i come in here i inject a little bit of good sense into this <laughs> fucking podcast well and then you immediately go back on it by bringing up heaven's gate and now we have to watch a three hour and 40 minute western <laughs> i'm so sorry all right, well, we'll so see you guys sorry. next time. Isn't Christopher Walken in it, though? Yep. Yeah, so that's that can't be all bad. Chris Christopherson, Christopher Walken, John Hurt, Sam Waterston, Brad Dourif. Good cast. Yeah. I'm excited. Isabella hey. Huppert. I was about to say, any women in this movie? Jeff Bridges. Whoa. Uh, hey, man. The only, Isabella is the only one. Oh, and Mary Catherine Wright. Yeah, great. All right, we'll watch All that right, next time. We'll watch next time. If uh, if you need to suggest, or if you need to, if you want to suggest any movies for us to look into, feel free to email criterionots at gmail.com or you can use the form on the site. Uh, follow us on Twitter. We'll let you know when new episodes are up. And uh, buy some shit at explosivemagico.com if you feel so inclined. And we'll see you next time. I've been Criterionot Joey. I've been Criterionot Chris. And we'll see you for Heaven's Gate next episode.